podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. I'm Jamie Carragher and you are listening to the Copite Podcast. What is happening, everyone? Welcome back to the Cop Eye Podcast. It is the Bournemouth preview. Uh, it is Mick and Christian, as always, before we get into it all. Christian, how are you doing, lad? I'm good. Premier League has started, uh, even if we got a draw against uh, Chelsea away, which was fine, in my opinion. I'm looking forward to Saturday and the game and that the campaign is on. That we've got a new season to look forward to. Hopefully, it will be a good one. Yeah, I think we when we discussed with Jamie about Chelsea, it was... I think we kind of felt like mm, we could have won it, but we could have lost it. It was kind of in the middle, like a draw felt a bit like a fair result. But I think we we also spoke a little bit about Bournemouth and what was to come to come in the Chelsea in the Chelsea reaction. And um, yeah, we'll get into that actually because we need to we need to discuss a certain uh, central midfielder signing probably tomorrow or it might even be happening now, but apparently it's going to be happening in the next 24 hours. It is Wataru Endo from um, from Stuttgart. This one has blown everyone's mind, I think, because usually people, at least the journalists, have got an idea. And I think all of us on Twitter who are following Liverpool, who they're going to sign, Decore, Gravenberg, Turam. It's all the same names recycled over and over. I think I when... The Gravenberg um, rumours were coming back again like a couple of days ago. I text you saying, fucking hell, the summer's, it's like the summer started all over again. <laughs> we started right at the beginning because I remember I'd done a chat with Bolo Zenden, what feels like six years ago, asking about Gravenberg, and now it's came back around again. Uh, but this one is is completely came out of out of the blue. Um, the, the only thing is, like people are a bit panicking because obviously after Caicedo and Lavia, Choosing Chelsea, whatever, get on with it. Um, we've now decided to get this fella in. I think this is going to be a, hopefully a quick win, but needs to be followed up with a good uh, a good prospect player, a good project player. I think Decore is most likely for me, would, would be the best option for me. But what are your feelings on this one then? Because 30 years old, uh, born on the 9th of February, 93. Uh, Japan's captain, Stuttgart's captain, who's been there for... Uh, a couple of years, he's been in a side that has been scraping relegation, but has been one of the, I guess, shining lights in that side. And I think when you're in the Bundesliga and you're down the bottom in a side that's pretty poor, you're not going to get, you're not getting highlighted every week. You're not getting, you're not getting compilations made about your performances. Mm. But I don't know. It's it's not like Liverpool. I mean, we've been. I think we've been. Like I said, with the court, with the Lavian Casado and stuff, we've been battered into a corner really here with who we can get. But I think this one is, I mean, on the face of it, with the profile and like like we said before, started recording about journalists from from Germany who who watch the Bundesliga every week. There's good good reports on on Endo in terms of what he can provide with t- tackling and uh, energy. Put, um, 
basically getting stuck in and doing the stuff that Fabinho weren't doing. But I think just the age and stuff, I think that's where people are getting a bit confused. But I feel like hopefully it could be a good sign and can take up a bit of the minutes that maybe Milner and maybe Henderson were gonna were gonna have if they would have stayed this year. Yeah, my first reaction was probably like my tweet. Uh you're saying uh sorry, who? Um and I, I got a bit of stick because of that, because people thought that was negative. You know, oh don't be so negative before, you know, you you haven't seen him play and stuff like that. I w- and then I said my opinion said, Well, I'm not being negative. I just said I I don't know who he is. I haven't said it. No, shit. no, but yeah, I just I just said I don't know who he is. That was, yeah, you know Your your but your opinion wasn't like who, like, who the fuck's this? Why are we signing him? It was more who is he? And I think that's most exactly. every Liverpool exactly. fan. I mean, 90% of the people that obviously that watch Bundesliga apart didn't know who he was. Obviously, know his name, but have never seen him play, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. So that, that's like that's a fair comment that you made. Yeah, and obviously it's a little bit of fun as well. Like, sorry who, because everyone was going like that at the moment. <laughs> but then some uh, people like, well, I know them on Twitter, some Swedish lads, you know, saying, oh, don't be negative. And I said, well, I'm not negative. I'm just saying that I don't know who he is. I haven't seen him played, but I never said he was shit. And I also said I'm one of the positive supporters on Twitter, especially in the Swedish fan base. And you know that. And he was like, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah, I know that. So that was fine. <laughs> But, um, you know, like you said, reading into it uh, a bit more uh, last night when all the reports came out, I think, you know, we we got a few, you know, journalists and people who watch the Bundesliga, like you stated as well. They say, you know, he, he can provide something to this Liverpool team that we really need at the moment. You know, someone who can actually put in a, a shift and, you know, a grafter, if you like, and also good with the ball and score a few goals. And you could you could say what you want about playing, you know, the, the down, the, the lower part of Bundesliga and being, you know, in the relegation zone and all that with Stuttgart. Uh, but, you know, it, it, what I've seen from him now, when you see clips and what you read about him and people who actually know their stuff about Bundesliga, it's quite exciting. The only, you know, minus in my opinion is, you know, his age, but still 30 is not an age. You were thinking maybe it was like 27, 28, it would be another thing. But, you know, coming up to 30 is not the uh, what uh, Liverpool and FSG usually do. But I think, with, like you said as well, when, when missing out on Caicedo and Lavia, you know, they choose in Chelsea, obviously, because of the money. And if they want to go there, that's fine. If they see a project there, that's fine. Let's move on. Uh, I just think that Liverpool buying themselves time to actually, you know, get the next one, you know, without any pressure and stress. If it doesn't turn out that they get an, another man, I hope they can get another man, another midfielder. But if it turns out that they can't get the one they want this summer or now, at least they, you know, fill the gap in with a defensive midfielder who can do the work until, say, January, where we go, go again for another one, or if we, you know, have someone signed by then. So I think they just doing this, themselves a favour at the moment. And I'm quite excited to see what he can bring because, you know, what people, like I said, watching Bundesliga and know the stuff about that league says about him, you know, it seems like he can actually be a, a really good player for us that just takes all the hard work and, you know, like I said, put tackles in, wins the ball and then just give it, give the ball to our creative players. And like McAllister, it's almost like and go forward on the pitch and, you know, in, in dangerous areas. So, you know, before we have seen him play for us and what he can bring, we shouldn't judge him and give the give the lad a chance. Yeah, I feel like that's. I mean, most people will be like people going the match will be like looking forward to seeing him. Um, I mean, if he's registered by, I think it's by midnight tomorrow, Friday, he can be involved in 
in the squad. But I feel like if, and some people were saying this on Twitter, like if if this um, signing was made, I guess in and around the McAllister and Sobersly ones, it'd be like, who's this guy? This who's what's he? What can he provide? It's because we've had this long protracted saga yeah, yeah. for Kaiser and Lavia, which seems like it's gone on for fucking ages and then we go we can't have them but there you go there's a 30 year old fella from the yeah. Bundesliga that's yeah. why it feels like shit but it's and, and because he's and because he's 30 but again um just because someone's 30 doesn't mean like they fell off the edge of a cliff it, it just means that um he's getting a little bit older he's not going to be the player we want for the next 10 years like we like we maybe thought with a Caicedo or a Lavia Decore could be that option um, but I just wanted to talk about like his his positions as well because I mean he's hopefully going to come in and be like a, a six alongside a Trent in that in that midfield um, bottom of a, of a box two um, in the new setup but he can also play centre mid he can also play um, centre back as well of, of course we know we need like more centre backs in there, especially like in the, I guess in the back three. If he could play on the left of that as an option, I think he's played right back as well in his career, so we can he can fill in there as well. So there's, I mean, a Klopp signing wouldn't be a Klopp signing if they couldn't play everywhere apart from goal. I think that's what I'm trying to say, and he's obviously one of them <laughs> that can that can that can do that, and I think that adds as well to the quality. And obviously, he's got experience with in Japan and, and in Germany, so like being the captain of those teams. So he's he's not. He's been appointed those positions because he leads by example on the pitch, and I think that's something that we need. I think when I had a little chat earlier with Jamie, like just on WhatsApp, and he was like, "What, like, what do you think of this?" And I was like, "Well, all the stuff for Fabinho wasn't given us last year. I think Endo could give us this year in terms of energy, covering spaces, giving a fuck, having some confidence to get stuck in, just making tackles that um, stop stopping." Um, stop and progressive play like there's loads of stuff that I mean we don't know exactly what he's going to do because we haven't seen him yet and I can't wait like you said I can't wait to see what he's going to do but it's all those little things added together and plus he's going to be alongside actually world-class players not Stuttgart players that that's something that I mean it's I understand the negativity to a degree with something like this but if it's backed up with something else then it's surely a, a good it's a good acquisition because of all those things on, on the versatility, versatility especially. Yeah, I, I can only agree uh, with what you say, Mick. Uh, and I also think, you know, we, like I said, in, in my opinion, we should have someone else coming in. Uh, you know, uh, uh, I wouldn't say it has to be the greatest name and someone is younger and, you know, a prospect in the way, you know, that still knows the Premier League or have played, like we say, you know, we, we mentioned uh, Gavin Birch before in, uh, in Bayern Munich. Uh, a player like that, if you like. But at the same time, by, by buying Endo, then it means we we don't stress by by Setic back into play. We know what he can do, you know, what a talent he is. And yeah, I know that, you know, Liverpool fans really want to see him play because we've got someone who can play for us in a defensive midfield role, doing a midfield role for 10, 15 years, if we like, and if he want to stay. So, but he's just been injured coming back training. So, you know, with with Endo, it means that we take the pressure off him for a bit and we don't have to stress him in, you know, uh, with the risk of getting a injury or a setback with injury head I think you know he will be fit but it's just something that makes it a little bit safe and good and 
you know, if there's another guy coming in, that's perfect. But I, I agree with what you said before. If Ender would have signed when we signed McAllister and Subasai, everyone would see it as a bonus and be like, yeah, well, okay, this is good. This is good uh, business, not a high fee. You know, someone who's got the uh, experience is captain for his uh, national team and uh, Stuttgart, blah, blah, blah. Everyone would be happy. But like you said, because it's been dragging out for so long and we missed out on transfer targets that everyone was looking forward to having Liverpool because they were young. They had been having great seasons back in, with Southampton, even if they were relegated, you know. Lavia is a, it's a great talent and then can see it obviously with Brighton so everyone was just really disappointed with what happened and then you know the news about a 30 year old uh, player from Japan might not be you know something that everyone has been like wow cool but it's it's something that can end up being what actually Liverpool needs you know for their first half of the season and then we'll see what happens you know if someone else comes in the summer or if we wait until January or if it will be fine with uh, him playing together with, you know, Thiago, we probably play in a deeper defensive midfield role, you know, probably home games by Setic coming back in. We know McAllister can do a shift there as well. We saw that against Chelsea. So we, we're giving ourselves more options and, you know, buying ourselves time and not being stupid in a way of trying to recruit players just because we're actually looking for the right players. And, you know, I think it's a clever move and hopefully it will work out in the way we want to. Yeah, I, th- I think like we said before we started recording, it's about like it's about how you look at it. Like you can say all the things we've just said, or you can just be completely negative and be like, "Well, we should have signed Kaiseido, we should have signed Lavia," and that's all well and good, but they're not the facts. You've got to deal with. Um, and I mean, like sometimes I just get stuck into like these like deep, deep black holes in Twitter where people are just like <laughs> really discussing. Like, just I don't even want to talk about it, but you just read it and you go and how can you really believe this? Like, just, like, talking about smack, smacker, and I don't know, it's just honestly hilarious. But um, we were talking before we started recording about, like, the transfer window ending, and you quite rightly said it is in two weeks tomorrow. So not loads of time. I mean, Liverpool, if if Endo is the only midfield signing in this window, um, I mean, post McAllister and the Zobersly, I think we've all, we would all be a bit, mad at the way it's gone because of I mean we, we definitely need someone else in there but if he's the beginning of um the last little bit of business towards the end then perfect but I just wanted to get your opinion then on who would be that other person before we get into the Bournemouth stuff because like I said there's Gravenberg there's Decore <clears throat> there's Turam there's a whole host of names that we've we've been linked with for what feels like ages what, yeah. what what would you what would your preference be for the for that other one? I I like Gravenberg since he was since he was in Ajax, uh, and I think you know because he's not playing that much for Bayern Munich. I, I think you know he's still very young. I think he's a he's a perfect Klopp player. I think Klopp is very fond of him as well. Uh, the way you know you, you you get a feeling that he liked the way he plays, good with the ball. You know physicality. You know uh, got a bit of strength and you know length and all that kind of stuff so I think you know in my opinion he would be great for now and for the future um, because I, I remember watching him in Ajax and I thought you know when he was like 17 18 years of age and he was brilliant um, so I would love if he came but you know it's I, I understand if uh, Bayern Munich don't want to uh, get rid of him if they want to keep him you know for another season to see you know what happens um, but I, I don't mind the links you know and the the uh, the thoughts of actually getting Sheikh Decore in from Crystal Palace 
also young player who showed last year, you know, that he got what it takes to play in the Premier League. It's just more a question of the fee as well, again, because, you know, we say, you know, the rumour said Liverpool thought they can maybe go and get him for under like fifty-eight million pounds or yeah. whatever it was. But then you read something about Palace, you know, thinking they can get 60, 70, 75 million because they also know now that, you know, Liverpool, I wouldn't say with 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 the signing of Endo, if you know, as long as that goes through, uh, it's not they wouldn't be as desperate. But you know, Crystal Palace know what kind of money we have now. And they also know that, you know, if if Lavia goes for 50-55 and Casero goes for 115 or whatever it was they just wouldn't just give him for like 55 to us. They'd be like, all right, you got the money, so come and get him for 75, 80. So it's a difficult one, but I wouldn't mind if he came, to be honest. Yeah, because, I mean, we've, we've shown our hand, haven't we? £111 million pound bid for Caicedo. Uh, I think the endo is €19 million, Euro, so around £16 million quid. So there's like 95 mil there left over that we were willing to spend on one player. So... Yeah, I mean, we've battered ourselves into a corner. Unfortunately, the way it's all panned out, it's not very, yeah, it's not very Liverpool esque the way it's worked out. But we need to make the best we, of of it as well. Yeah, you know, you never know what happens. I can't remember his name now. The Brazilian midfielder we've been linked to, and uh, is it Andre or I can't remember. Andre, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, it when when the report about Endo signing came up, I was thinking. Maybe just sign someone now that, you know, in the age, like we said, 30, but who can do the job and would still be good for us and, you know, be able to rotate with the other lads until January if we already made maybe a deal for, for example, Andre, because then he will come in, a young Brazilian midfielder that they've been looking for, looking at for a while. So it could be one of them where they know that they're going to do a deal that happens in January where the player will come to Liverpool, but they just need someone now and, you know, they find someone like Endo just paying that low fee for him in in comparison to other players. So we don't know. It might happen, you know, that Liverpool, you know, come and present uh, another player come January in the new year and be like, all right, so here's here's, here's our defensive new, you know, young midfielder from Brazil. Like, you, you don't know. But, you know, sometimes I think we're too quick to judge and think that Liverpool or, you know, FSG or the people in charge are stupid, but, you know, they are businessmen, they are, you know, in positions because they are clever, they are not stupid, everyone can, you know, say whatever they want. I just don't think that people, you know, taking all this, those decisions are, they, they can do, they can take wrong decisions, they can do, you know, miss thoughts and not be as, you know, what, what we want them to be, but it, it, I don't think they, they are stupid, you know, to do bad things. They they, they they obviously have got a plan and they tried everything they could with Caicedo and Lavia. You know, it didn't work out because in the end, the players didn't want to come to us and we can't offer the £250,000 um, a week for eight years. Uh, like, you know, it's reported that Caicedo gets Chelsea. He might have had £150,000, you know, a week uh, for a four or five year contract at Liverpool and then it could actually increase, you know, by winning titles or, you know, qualifying for the Champions League or whatever. But we, we just can't do it. So I understand if players see the the, the salary they will receive from Chelsea and be like, mm, I might go there. It's fine. I, you know, it's it's the way it is. But, you know, I, I like that we don't just blast the cash in stupid ways or, you know, on salaries or whatever, that we are actually very economical, sustainable. I like that. Yeah, I mean, it's not it's not a popular opinion on social media that really. I mean, <laughs> I mean, but yeah, it's it is mad the way people just do want us to like the wage the wage structure we have has been there, uh, like you said, based on 
players coming in, being on a modest wage and then building themselves up at AKA Mo Salah. He, he's the he's the guy that's kind of done that and built yeah. himself up to what is he on like two hundred and fifty or two seven five or whatever. Yeah, even even Van Dyke as well, you know, came Van in Dijk on, well, on, yeah. on a good salary, but when he renewed his contract, I think he's on two two hundred and twenty at the moment, yeah. something. But you know, they deserved it because they took us to places, they won titles with, with us, they you know, gave us success. So that's the model that we have you know if if you come here and you know prove yourself and do good and win stuff with us and you know make sure we qualify for champions leagues and winning ties and all that your salary will increase with that you know it's like a bonus thing and i i don't mind that kind of um model because i think it's sustainable if you like yeah i mean it's going to be interesting like if lavia does go there and he doesn't play that much I don't know. I just, yeah, I just find it. I just find it all a bit mad why you yeah, choose to go there when there's an, basically there's an open net there for you at Liverpool. You you know you're going to yeah. come in and you know you're going to play. But, you know you're going to be loved. I, I, I it, but it's, it's it's yeah. Yeah, sorry, but it's also the reports about you know him being you know a little bit annoyed that he was then second choice because we went for Casado as well and stuff. But then you'd be like, come on, lad. You look at Chelsea. You were third choice. Like you, you were the third choice at Chelsea. You, you know, if you say you were second, because first they want Caicedo and they they went for what's his name Adams in in at Leeds or whatever, and they uh, actually Adams, you know ha- they were doing all the medicals and should just sign the papers with him, and then they uh, withdrawn the uh, pull back the offer or whatever you call it, uh, uh, and they went for Lavia, uh, Caicedo and Lavia instead. So if he looks at us and think, you know, oh. I've, you only looked at me as the as the second choice. You'd be like, "Well, Chelsea saw you as the third choice, lads." So you know, well, good. You wear off. Yeah, it's just like good luck to them, and you know, whatever. Uh, as long as it doesn't, you know, mean they have luck against us. But I, I just, I'm more of them. If 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 that happens, like they choose other clubs than Liverpool, I'd be like, I'm over it. You know, I'm I'm just let's move on, find our players. If Ender is good and coming in doing a job, that's brilliant. If we can find someone else this summer, that's brilliant. I'm I'm more. I know we've been talking about transfers now for quite a long time on this show here now, and we'll be gone for another two weeks. But I'm I'm really looking forward to just focusing on what's happened, you know, on the pitch because yeah. that's where my passion lies, anyway. Yeah, well, I did see a funny. Um, I mean, it was a Chelsea fan, and it was like um, they were saying <laughs> something like the, it was something like on the long lines of we we own Liverpool, and then someone someone put posted something back that like. Last six seasons, f- finished behind us six times, and then like lost this many cup finals. Blah 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 blah. And then someone replies that going, "I'd rather get Caicedo and Lavia than do all those things." This Chelsea fan said that, and I was just reading it going, "What the like? You're not real, mate. You're not real. You're not a real person." No, it's it's, just, it's, it's a Twitter bot. <laughs> it's, honestly, I mean, I hope it was. I hope it was for that fella's sake because that was one of the worst opinions that I've ever seen and. On Twitter, that's a there's a load of them, and that was one of the worst I've ever seen. I just I, I burst out laughing to be honest, I couldn't believe it. Uh, but yeah, 22 minutes of transfers is enough for anyone, and me and you aren't transfer fans really, unless it's actually happening, unless they're doing AXA, AXA lean, or what is it? What is it even called? Mel it used to be called the Melwood lean, didn't it? What's it called now? Oh, yeah. AXA, AXA, <laughs> I don't know, I don't even know what it's called. But yeah. until the until the day, that's that's when we that's what we want to see, and we want to see how they're going to play and how obviously Endo will be there soon. So we've gone from Hendo to Endo and obviously there's been loads of jokes and stuff, <laughs> which have been been quite funny. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, let, let's talk about, let's talk about Bournemouth then. And let's just go straight into like team predictions and I'll, I'll read out the Chelsea uh, team and then you just let me know who you think 
what differences you'd make. So in, in goal, we had Alisson. We'll go with the back three. That's what it was, basically, of Robbo, Van Dijk, Canate. We had Trent and McAllister as the sixes. We had Gakpo and Zobislai as the two eights at the top of the box. And then we had Diaz, Jota and Salah as the three. Um, I mean, we had quite a bit of joy in that game. I think the f- I was I was so surprised first 25 minutes. I guess pleasantly surprised how well we kept the ball, how well we controlled that game in a away game at Stamford Bridge. We done really well. I mean, and then coming to now coming to Anfield, I feel like yeah, I think we just need to literally get start from the tracks as as, as quick as we can and, and get get a goal as soon, as soon as we can. But is there any changes that you'd make? I think I think Curtis Jones. I read something about they might have an ankle. Injury, so he might be out yeah. of this one. I think. I think he, for me, if he was fit, I would have probably put him into this one. Then I guess the only other shout are um, Nunes coming in for Jota. Are you going to put? Are you going to put Gakpo in for, in where Jota is? Are you then going to put um, Elliot or someone in midfield? There's a few options, isn't it? Yeah, I. You know, that's the thing. If Curtis, if Curtis Jones is out with a with a what do you say, ankle problem, whatever. Um, yeah, I think so. You know, I, I would have liked him to come in and play, you know, instead of Gakpo in a position because I think McAllister can still do a good job, you know, being playing the number six role for us. Because even if Ender would sign for us and be ready and be in the squad, I, I think, you know, the others have played and done the preseason and all that kind of stuff. So they kind of already know each other. We can see that already, you know, against Chelsea that even the new boys have linked up with the others and kind of know the positions and know what they are supposed to do. So that looked good uh, in terms of, you know, being new players for Liverpool, uh, which is a good sign. But uh, so I think I would uh, still go with uh, McAllister playing the number six. Um, I think, I get, you know, at home, without it being disrespectful against, you know, against Bournemouth, um, I think I would keep Gakbo in that position because... Against Chelsea away, I can understand he struggled a bit after, you know, the first 20, 25 minutes where where the whole team was really good. And, you know, then he had, you know, proper difficulties throughout the game. But at home at Anfield against Bournemouth, I think I would keep him because I think he, he provides something with speed and strength as well and, you know, carrying the ball forward uh, together with Soboslai. But I, w- I would like to bring in Nunez instead of Jota. I'll, I, I like Jota, but I think... You know, Nunez, we bought him for loads of money. He's still young, obviously, still learning. But he got the number nine shirt now. You know, if if, if we give him the number nine shirt, it should be like a self-confidence boost. It should, it should be a sign of now you got the fucking number nine shirt, lad. Go out and do your thing, score goals for us. I think that's, that's something that should just come naturally from wearing that number. So I hope he comes in and that we got Diaz and Salah on the wings, obviously, because I, I think what he needs, if he's not playing or starting Nunez, that means, you know, his self-confidence won't come. <laughs> and he's a player that needs that self-confidence and to progress and, you know, to, to go ahead and do what we think he can do for us, scoring goals. We saw it already last season, even if he struggled, and he struggled in a team that were struggling all the fucking season anyway, but he scored nice goals. He did great things, and I just want him to build on that. So for me, that would be Nunez instead of Jota, but I think I still keep Gakpo because it's at home. If it was away or if it was another opponent, I would probably change that though. What about you? Yeah, I mean, I think I think you've sold me Nunes. <laughs> I mean, he, he came on, he came on, didn't he? Sixty-six minutes, so he got a good half an hour. 
Um, yeah. He could have won it with that chance where his, his luscious hair had fallen out and he, he's curled one t- nearly curled one top corner. I mean, yeah. there's the chance where I think Callister wraps it into his, his feet and it was quite high up and he didn't control it and it was like the 87th minute. And when you watch it back, you're like he probably could have done, you should have done better with that, really. I think, like, it, yeah. it, I think it McAllister was... pass should have been better, though. Like, yeah. in that position, it should yeah. be on his feet so he can just take a touch and turn and shoot. Like, it should, it should, yeah, it shouldn't have to do that at that, you know. But it happens, it goes quick, and it was late in the game. I think McAllister probably tired, you know, it happens. So. Yeah, I, I think we've just been spoiled with like having Bobby there and any play, any pass you play into him is like 100 miles an hour and he'll just control it on his neck and be like <laughs> do all flicks with it and all that. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's always room for improvement with all the players, especially Darwin Nunes. And like you said, there's only, the only way he's going to get confidence is by being on the pitch and scoring goals. And if he does that at Anfield, he'll get, it's like a plus five boost in terms of uh, and his confidence because he, the crowd will just absolutely love it. Because like we've always said, every time he scores, it always seems to be like, we cheer more because it's him, and we want we, we're like rooting, especially all our strikers. The strikers that we've had in history that have like struggled, like they look at like Crouch and stuff, and players like that. When they're struggling, you get behind them even more. So when they do score, you want it's like it's like extra. Yeah. So I think that's something that hopefully this season, um, you can kind of start to produce a little bit more. Yeah, and I think you know, I love Jota for the player he is because he can play in all different kind of positions up front. He you know score you know amazing goals. He pops into into position where other other players doesn't do. He's really great. But I think there's also games where Jota is better as a substitute coming on because he's he's more of a clever player than Nunez, if if you know what I mean. So if we struggle against Bournemouth and Nunez hasn't you know scored or you know we see that it doesn't suit him the way Bournemouth defend, you know maybe you know having loads of people you know behind the ball or, you know, defending with loads of people anyway. Um, it might be something that, you know, will be hard for Nunez if, if we if we don't have a game like we had last time we played Bournemouth at home. But I think, you know, if if he struggles for, you know, in the, it's in the second half and we haven't really created much or we haven't scored and we don't feel, you know, that we got this game uh, in our hands properly, Jota is the perfect substitution than the other way around, in my opinion, against Bournemouth at home. I think, you know, Jota starting against Chelsea was the right call because he's a clever player, but Nunez, you know, coming on with his chaos, as we say, uh, speed and energy is good against tired Chelsea defenders. We could see, you know, that he had his chances and stuff, but I think in this game, it's, it's the other way around, that it's more clever to bring on Jota if, we, if, if Nunez struggles and we struggle to score goals because... He's more of a player that, you know, comes into positions and pops up in position while Nunez is more like more like instinct, if you if you know what I mean. Like he goes more on instinct where Jota feel, feels he's more he's more of a thinker. Like he he's more of a thinking of where to go and where to, you know, when to stay, when to go, or what kind of positions to take and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I mean <clears throat> Yeah, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go for Nunes to start then as well because I feel like, <laughs> I mean, I, I, w- I wouldn't have been surprised if he started against Chelsea just to have a bit of that chaos. But then, I th- but then I, w- I was probably thinking Gakpo was gonna start as the nine, but then he threw Klopp through a curveball as and through through Gakpo in midfield, and I've saw like more stuff from Gakpo, and it's 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 always the same. It's always the same um, when players play a new position or. Um, same when a, new, a player comes in and they don't do well, they're like, oh, that's not their position. Say, like, you've got an, a new right winger, but he could play left wing and he was doing shit to the right wing. Well, the, people would be like, well, play, just play him left wing, just play him left wing. It's easy. But, like, so Gakpo struggled a little bit a couple of games when he first came in. People were like, 
worried about it. Then he clicked all of a sudden he's the best thing since sliced bread, which he is. He's absolutely boss. But now that he's been put in midfield and it's a new position for him, now that he's struggling, people are saying that's not a position. But it's like we're testing him out to get more attackers on the field. It's it's only a good thing. We need to keep the only way, it's the same with Nunes, the only way players get better in positions and as players is playing in the positions and giving them a go. There's no there's no other way. They only can do as much as you want on the training field, but it's not as the same as a as a real game on a Saturday at three o'clock when the ball when the whistle goes and, and you and, and you're in the moment. I think Gakpo can play that position, but I think Gakpo needs to give him more time. And I, I agree. I think this type of game where you can get if, if Nunes starts, you then got Nunes, you've got Diaz, you've got Sally, you've got Gakpo. Uh, for sober slide, McAllister. Well, yeah. I mean, you've got that means you've got four you've got four wingers slash strikers in there. Then you've got two attacking midfielders, and then you've got Trent as well. In a game exactly. like this, where you're at home um, against Bournemouth, I mean, who a, a decent side to be fair. Like, I mean, they've, they've got they've got some decent players. They can they can cause us some some problems. I mean, they drew drew the first game um, against West Ham, I think. Um, but yeah, I think it's one of them. Like, la- I think last year was a bit of a mad one. Like the the nine nil. Not even going into that game. Not, I mean, no one ever expects a nine nil, but I think no one even expected maybe a five nil. We always. I guess we expected like a, I don't know a two a two one three one kind of game. So to get nine nil last year um, was a bit of a um, a mad one. But I think this one, I think where we are at the minute, like obviously very early into the season, still kind of feeling our way. I mean, to to see McAllister and Zobersly in the Chelsea game was like really heartening. I thought because you got to see just like how they are in against world class players in those tight areas where they've got to make quick decisions. They've got to make um, yeah, snap decisions on the ball. I thought nine times out of nine times out of ten, they made the right decision. So I feel like it's it's really promising, and it's like yeah, it comes back to the transfer stuff. If we get get a few more players in, and not mm-hmm. ideal the timing. We wanted the, all these players that maybe we we're going to sign ages ago, ready for the season. I'm sure Klopp would have done, wanted the same. But it's it's exciting, isn't it? To like to to read out these names that we've got and all the options we've got, like the systems we've got, the players coming in. There's there's plenty to be positive about, and I know me and you are, are, are big on banging the positivity drum because there's not that much of it about if you spend too much time on fucking Twitter and whatever else. But it's it's good to have these conversations because I, I know there's a lot of people that listen to this podcast that are absolute legends that agree and and kind of believe the same way that you've got to just keep thinking. Well, what's the point in being negative? I mean, you can be negative as much as you want, but it's not gonna. It's not going to do anything for you at the end of the day. It's not. It's not going to fucking make it make you go to sleep at night. If anything, it's going to be the opposite. It's like it's just nice to have like a bit of positivity surrounding the club and the players that we've got, and with players coming in as well potentially. Then it's 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 exciting times, isn't it? If we can if we can get those right players in. Yeah, and I think if we get the right players in, you know, it will be even more of a uh, exciting start of the season. But we'll see what happens in the two two weeks that are left of the, of the transfer window. But you know, like I said before, what happens on the pitch is my passion, and you know, I'm I'm really looking forward to the game against Bournemouth at home at Anfield, the first game at Anfield for the season. You know, the crowd will be you know up for it, and I know you are going, you bastard. So you know, <laughs> you have to enjoy it. I have a few friends going as well, coming over from from Sweden but um the thing is though like like you said if we could put out an offensive team like that like we did against Chelsea and with hindsight you're looking back at Chelsea and thinking yes we could have lost it but we could have won it but we got a we got a draw and we played quite well you know for half an hour 
uh, came back a little bit in the end by the by doing the substitutions the club did. You know, we, we brought yes, he brought off Salah, but we got more energy and a little bit of more legs to you know see the game out. And if we can go out and actually, I would say you know punish Bournemouth for you know at home, you know, and actually win with a you know a couple of, of goals, maybe three four nil, and just have this perfect. Um, moment and perfect uh, situations with us where we score goals and you know just creating stuff that would be you know uh something to start off this season with to actually already play Chelsea away got the one point but then come home to Anfield and just actually the first game there just come out and fly and then we see the new lads just doing really well and hopefully maybe even score you know I would love if Soberslide came through and scored something like that that gives us a momentum to keep on going to the next game because there's, there's a few uh, difficult games coming up after that so you know this game the first game at Anfield against Bournemouth is one of them where I actually feel it might be weird to say most pressure, but it's a pressure feeling as a fan. You're seeing the, the team come out and actually perform really, really well and get 3-4-0 win or whatever, because we know that, that that will boost them going forward to what comes next. And, you know, to have a good season um, in comparison to what we saw last season, uh, it's just what I want now because I really I want this team to do so well. So for me, it's an important, important game on Saturday. So I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, it's a good point because we've got we have got Newcastle away next Sunday, which I mean Newcastle look very good. Sounds some players in the in the summer as well. Oh, of course, there's the fella Isaac or uh, Isak, who um, yeah, your fellow countryman. Who, to be honest, the more I see lad, the more I I really I really think he's so I think he's so good, honestly. But that, yeah, we've got that coming up next Sunday. So yeah, when you look at this one, if we get like we said last week last week on the Chelsea um, reaction, like. If you if you get four points out of your first two, it's a good little. I mean, six is obviously perfect, but four Chelsea away the first game of the season. That's like anyone going there. They would have it would have been a difficult game for them, and they would have Chelsea would have beaten most teams in in, in that position. So Liverpool got away got away with a got away with a point, which was good. And then we need to we need to build on it. I think that's the main thing, like you said. And then going to Newcastle with a bit of confidence, and and exactly. I mean we've, we've got a good we've got a good record against Newcastle even last year when. Um, people expect us to maybe struggle a little bit. We still excelled there because we've got. I think we've got the right players to kind of hurt them. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's it's it just feels mad because like we had so long without no games, and all of a sudden the, the season kicks in, and then yeah, the transfers are still in the back of your mind, but then like the games are happening thick and fast, and you've just got to kind of roll with it. But that's what we're that's what we're here for. That's why we're doing this podcast talking about the Reds because we we want them to do as well as as well as they can. Um, but I mentioned on the on the Chelsea reaction as well. That might have been the preview, like about our prediction league in the WhatsApp group. Um, I'm actually doing this show on, on my phone, so I can't actually look. But I do know that Doug got the only correct um, prediction in the group chat. If I'm not mistaken, he went for one one. I think I went for two one. I think you went for. Did you go for two one as well? I think against Chelsea. Yeah. Uh, was that the one that Paul uh, sent out? Yeah, yeah, that's the one. Yeah, I went for two two. Oh, did you? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, so, you, so, you, <laughs> so you, I think you get you get you get one point for get guessing the correct. You got like a you guessed the draw, but you didn't guess the result. So I think Doug gets three points, and I think you probably get one point. I think. But my point is, I I wasn't. I was. I guess I was close. Liverpool could have won two one. I guess, but then Chelsea could have two, won yeah. two one. Um, but if you do wanna, we've had a few new joiners through the the group. Uh, if you do want to join, then yeah, just let us know if you wanna 
find me on Twitter, find Christian on Twitter, then yeah, all our stuff's in the description or just search for Copy Podcast on Twitter um, or X, um, but I'm just going to call it Twitter or Instagram, Copy Podcast as well. Then just let us know if you want to join the group and you can put your predictions in there. There's loads of stuff and all this stuff on there. Footy chat, beer chat, other chats, loads of random chats, all good. Uh, which brings me on to predictions for this game, lad. So what <laughs> what are you thinking? Are you thinking... T- going go one one up from last year, ten nil or one less, eight nil. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm probably gonna stay a bit more, you know, reserved if you like. But I, I I'm still gonna, you know, um, put my money on Liverpool uh, winning. I wouldn't say easily, but quite. I would say, I, th- I say four one, four one Liverpool. Ooh, I like it. So now that we've got that recorded, so Christian can't go away from that now. So I don't want to see any. I don't want to see any R. I'm gonna. I'm gonna shit out and go two one on um, Saturday <laughs> morning. And I don't want to see any of that. I thought we, we had it at first four one. Um, I'm gonna. I'm gonna go three one. I'm gonna go three one. Four goals. Actually, no. I'm. I'm gonna go three nil. I'm gonna go three nil. I'm gonna go for a clean sheet. I don't know why I'm saying that because that's going to absolutely come back to haunt me when fucking <laughs> Solanke gets a goal. That's why I just that's what I just thought. Like four one is good one because yeah, then we score four and then you know maybe Solanke or whatever you know get one you know in a fucking stupid corner or whatever. But <laughs> we, still, we still we still win. Yeah, exactly. But um, yeah, I think there's there's a few prizes up for grabs as well. Whoever whoever wins at the end of the uh, the season, I think Paul's got like a. Um, a couple of books that he's going to throw, and I've got a, I've got some stuff I can throw in as well. I'm sure for the for the winner, unless it's me, then I'll just keep it. So it'll be sound. But I'm <laughs> I'm aiming to win, so I'll just keep me stuff, shall I? Uh, <laughs> but yeah, as always, thanks for for listening. Thanks for the support. Like I always say, I'm sure you bothered me saying it, but really do appreciate the support as always. I mean, Christian, are always blown away when looking at where the pods get and listen to, like especially like like to Sweden where it's it skyrocketed and just loads of people listening to it in Sweden, which I absolutely love. So I do hope you can understand me, but I'm sure you can otherwise you wouldn't be listening. So fair play. Uh, listen to what I say. <laughs> yeah, like fucking mute, mute that bastard when he's speaking on or just press plus fifteen when I'm speaking just to oh, skip yeah. through. And they're like, actually I need to go back because I don't know what he, I don't know what Mick asked Christian there. Um if, if, if they go like on a you know speed it up when you when you talk, you they think it's Jamie Carrigan talk. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Um. yeah, I think I think no, I won't go there. I was gonna tell you something that I've told you in private, but I won't tell I won't say it now. Um yeah. <laughs> Oh, I think I think I got lost there. Am I back? Yeah, you're back. I'm back. He's okay. Back. <laughs> right. Before my phone dies again, I'm gonna get. We're gonna get out of here. But yeah, thanks as always to everyone for listening. Thanks as always to Christian for being a legend, jumping on. And yeah, let's hope the Reds can go and win three 0 and do my prediction. Nice one. Well, see you soon. <laughs> I'm Jamie Carragher, and you are listening to the Copite Podcast. Podcast Network.